Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, Director of Global Talent Development at Framestore, and welcome back to the Framestore podcast. On Monday's episode, we engage Sergio Gonzalez, Framestore's Unreal and 3D trainer, in our 13-question grilling, otherwise known as the Framestore podcast dailies. On today's episode, we continue the conversation where our guest co-host, runner Tom Perry, gets technical in a much deeper dive conversation with Sergio. We also make time to discuss internal networking, creative side projects, and hybrid working. So without further delay, we hope you enjoy episode one, part two of the Framestore podcast. We're going to hand over seamlessly for the final part of the podcast where I unleash our co-host, Tom Tom, to talk to you about why you're here in the first place. So I'm going to take a bit of a step back now and let uh, Tom take the reins and have a conversation around uh, Unreal. All right. Unreal then. Well, I did have uh, w- one question um, uh, sitting in the back of my mind, just like specifically with Unreal work, because um, you said you had experience with... Uh, like using it as a game engine as well in the past but like do you think there's a much difference between like approaching it for television as uh, to games or like could you say the execution's basically the same with both sides well we're talking about polygons with textures on them we're talking about joints that have animations on them yeah. and that's kind of you know after that it's you're, you're getting into resolutions and you're getting into color profiles and things like that right yeah. and so i think probably the first I think the, the people at the company who are like unreal experts are going to be shouting at me right now. <laughs> but, I, I, <laughs> but so just from my opinion, the, the, you start out with your output. Like what is your intended goal? If yeah. your intended goal is to have um, television, okay, well, there's different kinds of television. So what's our goal? So we start narrowing it down and we say, okay, and, and this is useful if you're going to start learning unreal for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, what is it that I want to do? So, um, and that, that might come down to job, a specific job role. But it might come down also to, well, what do you want to make? Do you want to make TV, television? Okay, television. Well, if, is, it, is it a television commercial? Or is this a, a fully animated, keyframe animation, um, full CG, um, episodic television show of, of, with 3D characters in? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, if that's the case, then that drives a series of choices that you're going to make, depending on um, the, the resources that you have at hand. You know, do you have a team? or not, um, are you, do you have a budget or not? And so, so yeah, I mean, in, in the end, what, what, from my perspective, because I'm not really a game dev, I'm more of a, of, of, a, a CG artist who does narrative content right. and Unreal is where the jobs are, so I picked up Unreal. Um, <laughs> which is another thing about, you know, squiggly, mm. squiggly, squiggly queer, queer paths yeah. and things like that. And, and I don't think anyone would be offended by me saying that, I hope. But, you know, you pick up the things where it's like, oh, there are jobs in that direction? All right, well, I guess I'm going to pick up these tools and go in that direction. Mm, it's definitely um, so when it, when it comes to Unreal, it's, it's, it's saying, okay, well, you know, first, what do you want to do? So you said television. Cool. All right, so let's start there. Um, if you want to make a, um, if you want to make graphics... Um, for a broadcast, you know, um, sports center, you know, sports type of thing. Um, there's a really lovely example of that on um, uh, the um, 
few examples that relate to that on the Unreal Launcher, examples you can download, and start really start digging into what is that use case. You know, how does that? Sorry. Oh, dear. <laughs> ding. Ding. That means that that means I should stop talking. That's what I'm talking. I don't know. Does that even help in in terms of that? Uh, no, I was just because uh, I've I've had a little bit experience of it because uh, while I was at university, there was a, literally an entire course we had to do where we had to develop a film and then render it all in Unreal. Yeah. So I've had that approach of it as of like using for film and television um, but then uh, straight after uni I just kind of experimented on my own time and me on my own had so much more fun doing it as a game engine where the player is now involved uh-huh. and like coding like movement and all that for the player yeah. so I'm wondering like as far as like the node system like blueprinting or anything like that is there much variation on making stuff work for like just a camera to film it or like now there's a player having to interact as well okay that's great so you had you you experienced more fun when you were creating um interactive elements yeah okay when you were saying so so like what's an example of that sort of like when you're walking up to something maybe a door slides open basically yeah stuff like that okay so when when we're doing um film content there may not be a need for that exactly right you might just need to um, you can just hand animate it because um, you, you have the needs of a shot. Like, okay, think cinematics instead, mm. right? So it's, it's, oh, yeah. Right, so if you're making a cinematic, you're, you're making basically a little short film. Yeah. And then that will transition over to another level where you have um, the character player, and the player start, you know, and he's got, you know, the gun in his hand or whatever, and he's running around interacting with elements and stuff. So, yeah, there is a difference because in some cases, if you're, if you're let's say, a TA working on a filming, a filming project or a narrative let's say linear shot based project, then you're probably doing more, you're probably making tools for the artist to be doing their shots, right? But if you're doing a, a TA role in a game studio, which I have less, um, I've worked on game projects before, but I've worked on the cinematics for game projects. Right. And um, so there you're, in, in those game-centric um, projects, you're probably doing more of the wiring of the interaction, making sure that that is, is um, as rock-solid as it can be, so that way when, you know, when the player interacts with it, they're, they're eventually going to break something, so you want to find as many ways to, to keep that as solid as possible. Gosh, I don't even know if I answered your question. No, 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 that's perfect, thank you. I think that works quite well. Yeah. Uh, but but more but more about that though. So you worked on a project and you had more fun doing what parts? What were the parts that you enjoyed? Uh, well, it was, it was just like a personal thing that I'd done really because oh, yeah. uh, straight after university, um, there wasn't much uh, that was told to me because I, I understood uh, Maya Unreal, uh, the basic softwares, but as far as like the coding elements, there was mm-hmm. not much told to me. So mm-hmm. over the course of like. Uh, two and a half months or so before I ended up uh, like in industry uh, down here. Uh, I just spent my free time learning things like Python and C++ mm. and like uh, the blueprint engines that mm. Unreal provides. And I really enjoyed just thinking like, oh, this will be fun <laughs> to yeah. see if it's possible. And then I'll just spend some of my time like 
seeing if I could code that just like off my own back. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it got really overbloated uh, <laughs> at a certain point because now, right. now I just have this character mm-hmm. that can just do all of these things yeah. <laughs> with like no real reason to it other than the fact that he can do all of them now because yeah. I've just coded it. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. all there. Because mm-hmm. I, th- I think the most recent thing was like a grapple hook of some kind oh, where cool. like you can yeah. just like fire it and then fly around yeah and, yeah. Like, and that's all just coded through the blueprint engine that unreal provides so yeah. it's quite fun that's that's something that people get drawn to isn't it that's something that the of the the idea of what if what if i could do this what if i could do a grappling gun? exactly what if i could do this you know and then um mm. and then you know you start small and then you know eventually that you, you've got uh, a wider skill set than you would have expected um but that's mostly, I think, um, why people need a project. You know, when when you're going to go learn anything, I'm I'm someone who wants to learn Houdini. So if there's anyone out there who wants to teach <laughs> me a bit of Houdini, I'd appreciate that. But um, and, but you need a project. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm if if you sit down and, and try to un- learn Unreal or, or Houdini or pick anything, right? Um, or or language, um, you need a you you need something to focus that, right? And that's what you had at that moment. You had a project to work on. And it was okay. Well, I need this character to do this, or I need to, this film to be complete in this way. It's the instead of just reading the manual, RTFM. You know, just yeah. it's, it's um, there are these um, in sort of the like the education circles. There are these these terms that that are floating around these days. There's um, just in time learning versus just in case learning. Right. And so the just in case learning is is you know you're sitting and you're reading the manual and you're memorizing what every blueprint node does. Which I've tried, um, and then I just forget it. Yeah, you know no, it's I mean. not not reasonable yeah. <laughs> to ask anyone to do that on the side. Yeah, it's like knowing the exact text of every one of your emails in your inbox, right? <laughs> I think what's more important is that you remember that there's an email that has the address in it that you need to go to, not that you remember the address. Right. And so what I try to do with all of this is say, oh, don't forget that that this is possible. Look at this cool example. Look at this cool thing. Not so that way you can learn every single button to do a thing, it's because we can show you the buttons. It's easy to Google the button, but knowing that it's a it's possible in the first place, you know, you went through and you made a character that does all the bells and whistles. So now you've at least done it once, and you vaguely remember that there's a Nike a way to do the reverse foot on the like over here, and there's a way to do this, or there's a different way to set up the 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 set driven keys over here, and so the specific which button to press, you can figure that out. There's the tool tips for that. Um, so, so yeah, so that's the, the, the just in case learning versus the just in time learning. So the just in time learning is you've got a project, you have to do a thing, you've never really done it before. So you're going to have to kind of Google it and learn it and then, and then apply it. And you might not have to do it for a while, but at least you've done it once. Mm. I know, I know I've went through both (laughs) through personal experience. Yeah. 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 You brought up a fuse a while ago. Was that a plugin for Unreal stuff? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, what does that entail exactly? Oh, um, okay. Let me be careful with that because I don't know what's released out into Ooh, the wild right. yet. Okay. And I don't. Um, I, since I'm not a spokesman for the company or for Fuse, um, <laughs> I'm not a designated spokesman. I've got to be careful what I say, um, and let them do the talking because it's their thing. Um, but um, basically, Unreal Engine, just vanilla Unreal Engine, as you download it is fantastic and it does a, a lot of wonderful things and but when it has to work within a pipeline like Framestore right there's some things that you need um, and so fuse goes some way towards that towards towards doing what you need when you're in a big company and you're working on a big show that's got a lot of shots and a lot of assets um, 
yeah, I think okay, that's, that that's, that's what it's about. Right, okay. Yeah. Perfect, thank you. Yeah, what else? Well, Simon, what do yeah, you think? Well, <laughs> I mean, while we're, we're in, we're in the, uh, the second part of the, uh, the episode, um, and we have a, a co-host here, yeah. uh, this is a great conversation that is getting very technical, which is what it should be, part two, <laughs> is um, Sergio, as we have uh, TomTom here, who is an aspiring animator. Mm-hmm. Do you have any questions for, for TomTom, or anything you want to ask him? Well, tell me, Tom. Um, <laughs> what kind of animator do you want to be? You, 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 uh, you kind of told me before, but... but what, what is it specifically that you're talking about? Well, w- what I've specialised myself in is uh, like a combination of animation slash rigging. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, as far as like work, I would very much like to uh, be paid to be a rigger. Like, and that is my goal at the end of the day. Nice. Uh, but like, I think it goes without saying with every uh, kind of position here is like, you may be paid to do a certain role in a company, but it, but it's quite good to learn like every aspect mm. of like mm-hmm. where everything goes honestly because like mm. at least you can understand where your bit is then going mm. <laughs> so like you know where what needs to be done for it you know yeah for sure uh, so like i think me having all of this um education in the animation departments um allowed me to take that step back to go and like study rigging as well. So mm-hmm. now I know what is necessary for the animators, you know? Because mm-hmm. I, I think it's a very natural step, honestly, mm-hmm. that like animation will fall back on rigging. So, because I like the back and forth of that. I'm interested to hear from both of you actually around um, the whole hybrid situation now. Because obviously we're here in uh, Framestore Towers in our lovely little training room and <laughs> arguably this is probably our busiest day of the week. Thursdays tend yeah, to be the honestly. busier day. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for, you know, I would argue across industry at the moment really. Mm-hmm. Thursdays is the new Friday in many ways from a, mm-hmm. from a kind of you know, bringing people together perspective. But it's, you know, the, the building's only ever, what, 30-40% capacity and mm-hmm. I know as a runner, historically, you would have access to everyone because nobody was working from home apart from anybody on flexible working arrangements or people who were working part-time. So I guess there's two questions there. There's one for you, Tom, in terms of how are you ensuring that you develop and grow and and get the experiences that you need to be able to further your career? And Sergio, what advice would you give to Tom or anyone who is um, looking to further their career through this kind of new new world and new lens, um, particularly from a kind of running or apprentice or intern or any entry-level role perspective, you know? How do you get noticed? Because I, I would argue it's a bit more difficult now than it used to be back in the day. Or prove me wrong, you know, is it? Uh, well, I would argue it isn't, honestly, because <laughs> uh, with uh, things like LinkedIn and just like how widespread the internet is, it's so quickly to just find out who yep. someone emailed, what, what someone's email is, and just yep. like not harass them, <laughs> but, like, yep. but like get their attention to the point where they like would want to interact with you yeah. and like just by that one simple connection it can lead to them like saying oh well, I know a kid that kind of knows what he's doing so yeah introduce him to the other higher-ups and like it just ends up with this daisy chain that mm. like can just force you into the industry very quickly and I think um I, like not to big them up but definitely uh like universities like escape studios where it's uh the people that are teaching you are like in industry and already have yeah. these connections that's like an immediate push forward for all the students that are there yeah like so i i would argue that it's very easy nowadays just like just like that's that's really the trick just get someone's email mm. like even, whether it be like head of recruitment or like the head of a department so long as they know that you exist that's like a massive step forward okay honestly and how does that work 
when you're in the building. So you know, when you're trying to break into industry, that's really great advice. Mm. Um, how does that um, manifest itself when you have the job and you're in the t in the running team? You know, how how are you getting on people's radar and, and uh, ensuring mentorship and support and uh, and career growth? Well, I'm not I'm not sure if it applies to uh, most other buildings, but definitely within uh, Framestore itself, yep. we have like the intranet thing where you can look up anyone's name and it will show them where they sit. <laughs> ah, what, nice. What, what, what they're about. Like in floor the plan out. Floor plan, yeah, yeah. St stuff like that. <laughs> so you, you can know what's going on in the building. So like as a runner, you can definitely start using your off hours to like find out what, your posi what position you want and then go and speak to those people directly if they're yeah. in the building, like because um, that's definitely how I ended up like having the connections that I have now, because I would use my off hours to just go and talk to these people directly, yeah, and get myself known a little bit. So I would say to every other runner, like definitely, like put put yourself forward. Don't rely on someone else mm. to do it for you. And that's, that's interesting because that brings it back to what you were talking about earlier, Sergio, around confidence and instilling mm. confidence. Right. Because for some people, that's quite easy to go, hey, hi, I'm here, help, you know, show yep. me this, show me X, show me this mm -hmm. tool, show me this uh, piece of software, I need mentorship, whatever the question is. For some people, that's almost their worst nightmare is kind of approaching somebody and, mm. and getting on their radar. Not that it's not the right thing to do because it absolutely is, but I guess, you know, I mean, when I was coming up back in the day, I was super shy. I would have been mortified at the idea of kind of approaching somebody in a mm -hmm. in a studio like this yeah. to kind of get on radar. I mean, what's your advice to those people? And this is a question to, I'm gonna start with you, Sergio. You know, how do you do that? Is that when it feels unnatural? I'm, I'm here getting tips from from you on that. <laughs> I know, right? Because um, I'm still in that, you know? Yeah, yeah, true. Um, I, I still have that where, you know, you don't want to be a bother. You don't want to bother people, you yeah. know? So, because I... I I fully have a comprehension of how busy these people are. And so I don't want to bother people, but often if I just email someone, they say, oh, thank you so much for reaching out. Yeah. And and that was it's kind of a nice relief when that happens, you know. Mm. Or sometimes you email someone and, and they're quite busy, you know, you have to, there's the empathy thing. You have to remember it's like, oh, they're busy and they might, they might want to reply, but they're slammed on a show at the moment and they can't, mm. you know, because there's so much going on. Um, but yeah, just having that confidence to reach out and, and knowing what you want when you ask, you know what I mean? Like if yeah. you, if you, if you, if, if, if you have something specific to ask, so like if you're going to message someone who, mm. who, who, it, it helps if they're already connected to you being as a mentor, because that permission yeah. is there. Yeah. Um, I think that's part of the utility of that, that is because that's the permission. Yeah. That's so like, yes, you can bother me. You can email me about this. It's okay. And that, that breaks down a lot of barriers. But if you're just kind of cold calling someone, um, that, that um, you know, as long as you're polite and, and nice, I think people are generally yeah. gonna, gonna try to help as much as they can. Or if they can't, they'll try and connect you with someone who can help. You know. That's the benefit of mentoring, isn't it? I mean, I remember running a workshop years ago about mentoring or coaching, and actually, the, the very nature of mentoring is that there's that almost expectation to ask a question. You know, mm -hmm. obviously, there's permission there, of course, but you don't enter into that relationship without having questions ready to go. Like you've literally got that that vehicle, mm -hmm. that that forum to go. Hey, I need help with this, or you can ask all the silly questions. And because it's a confidential space, mm -hmm. you can literally go in and ask for the idiot's guide in mm -hmm. many ways as well. Yeah. So. I mean, def definitely, um, 
like within the building itself um just just because you have that comfort of like they already know that you're a Framestore employee and yeah. you're, and they are a Framestore employee themselves. Mm-hmm. They will w- willingly tell you yeah. like anything you need to know about like the position that you're interested in. Yeah. So uh, for me personally, like I I spent uh, like I think it was last Friday, honestly, where I had my time off. I walked down to the little corner uh, where all the riggers sit. Um, and just by me saying, is it okay if I just sit here and watch you work a little bit? Like, I wasn't ignored. They were very uh, polite and willing to just turn over and show me exactly what they're doing. Because yeah. like, I, th- I think having someone there that is interested immediately ignites in someone else, like... Oh, yeah. The it's ne- yeah, like, it's flattering, honestly. Like, the need to then explain what you were doing. Uh, just, like, so everyone's on the same page a little bit. I think it's very polite and it works. Yeah, I like that. Again, it goes back to the, the human approach. Honestly, yeah. And, and knowing when to, as you said, Sergio, some people are going to be super busy and you might occasionally get a no you, or you mm. know, not right now. And that's cool too. But yeah. at least you've asked the question and you've also got permission to revisit that conversation yeah, uh, further down the pipe when that individual isn't so busy. So I think it's almost building some resilience there. Yeah, definitely true. And I, I think that it, it, like in our hearts, a lot of us who are, who are technical, want to talk about our stuff you exactly. know we, we like getting exactly and talking about the nodes and if you connect this to this yeah. then you know um and and having someone there who's who's going to listen it's kind of interesting mm. it's kind of kind of nice so yeah i don't know maybe that's something we can do for runners to, to help them point. connect with with people and, and a lot of them already are obviously because they'll yeah. get mentors and stuff but yeah it's it's i, I think it's a, a great thing that if that that you're outgoing and that you're willing to just ask questions and things like that that's something that i had to learn Mm. Um, mm. I thought that I was just going to, you know, in the very beginning, oh, I'll just work hard and, and someone will come across and say, oh, he's a hard worker. Let me give this person an opportunity. And that's not how it goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's working on themselves. Work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it'd be enough to just glue myself to the chair and, and click, the, click on the buttons real mm. good. But what happened was um, you actually have to kind of turn up and talk to people yeah. and, and be on the calls and things like that. I think I, think I just don't have a thought. I think that's my problem. Mm. <laughs> I just like any new person. I'm just like, hello. Well, that's just being that's just being human and polite and a decent person. Because some people who have no filter can be seen as a bit, yeah, too much or a bit too. Yeah, aggressive. no, that's that's definitely my worry sometimes. Yeah. Where like, am I like, have I gone too hard on someone that's like is a bit shy and yeah. like not mm. ready for that that much interaction? Mm. But like, I, f- I feel like, but even if that is the case, I think um, like persistence is very good. Uh, for like some shy people as well because mm. like just doing it over and over you do end up like having some kind of connection with these people with uh, yeah. someone and uh, that that connection alone is enough to bring out your shell a little bit yeah mm. there's almost a conditioning that happens the more you do it yeah honestly those early those early yeah. moments even, even if it's just one person that's like saying hello back to you that's all yeah. it takes honestly excellent, yeah. excellent. that's great advice I mean yeah. we, I, I mean I, I love this conversation thread because uh, mm. All the yeah. shy people out there. Love yeah, them. shout out to all the shy people. <laughs> We've all been there. And, you know, it's something that, and I think the the post-pandemic world we're in has, has exacerbated that that shyness in people sometimes because, again, it isn't a building full of people anymore. It's not this hive of activity all the time. <laughs> Plus, you know, we do, some of us do work, uh, you know, myself included, uh, a hybrid life, you know, a couple of days mm-hmm. from home and a couple of days in the office. And it takes longer to build relationships, mm-hmm. I think, sometimes when you're not, be, yeah in person all the time yeah. and 
it's an interesting one and a big, big conversation. I'm not sure we have the, the bandwidth to get into it on this episode. I think I could work from home, honestly. I don't, yeah. I don't think I'm that type of person. Because I, I, I think for me it helps to disconnect like where I sleep and where I work yeah. a little bit. Because right. like, for me to wake up and then see my desk and it's like, oh, all right. Yeah. Get out of bed and immediately start working. I, I have to say, I am I, I respect that view, and I'm the complete opposite. <laughs> um, I love, I absolutely love working from home, and I really, really appreciate that Framestore yeah. is, is cool with that. Um, I think I'm more effective when I'm working from my environment that I'm comfortable with, yeah. um, where I'm not necessarily worried about my, 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 my battery being discharged and having to go, you know, and hide away to recharge it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, no, it's it's quite nice, I think. Um, and I still come in, you know, the, to the office to to connect with people and things like that because that's how I've been kind of seeing it. And I don't I don't know if this connects with the way that, you know uh, anyone else sees it, but you know, for me, it's 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 when I'm at home. I know, you know, it, it, first of all, I haven't been traveling for an hour and a half just to get here and have that sort mm. of tiredness, although I, I could be getting a bit more exercise. Um, but um, so that cuts out three hours where, you know, something else could be happening, like, you know, um, getting more of my job done or, or you know, having lunch with my son on a half term. The something I've got to say is that it's, there's, you can't overstate how nice it is to be home for dinner. Yeah. You know, especially if, if you're a parent or something like that. I know there are a lot of people who, who work here who are parents and everything. And I, I, I have a lot of appreciation for for the fact that, that I can be home for dinner and, and and be a part of that family life in that way. Excellent. Thank you, Sergio. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's important that we, we cater to all walks of life, and I think you've talked about that. I mean, uh, Framestore has a lot of parents now, you know. I think the and I would, same across industry. You've got this real kind of exciting time where we've got kind of Gen Z all coming in and changing the game, and then you've got a whole bunch of... Uh, people who are getting older and having families and dealing with all of that. And I think hybrid working absolutely supports that. Mm-hmm. So that brings us neatly to the end of part two of this, uh, this first podcast episode, this first Framestore podcast. A um, couple of things. First, Tom, you're here as co-host. Is there anything else you want to quit? Because you may not get, well, I'm sure you'll get the chance again to quit Sergio. <laughs> but definitely not in this. <laughs> Is there anything uh, you, you want to ask uh, Sergio as our guest, our esteemed guest, um, around his role, what he does as craft before we, we let him go and we, we, we close out the episode. Well, I'm, I'm just curious if, he, if you have any uh, personal projects um, that you've got going on at the minute, That's outside of work. Um, everyone check out hey. my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> smash, smash that like button. Um, yeah, no, um, sort of, oh, that's, that's actually really good. It's a good question. I, I, I do encourage people to have um, uh, about you know it's yeah. to the point of like longevity and like a, you know a career that lasts a long time you know it's 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 um, you know having something outside of work is a is a nice thing yeah. some people have their sports that they're into some people have this and that that they're into and uh, yeah. for me it's it's sort of painting and drawing and and um, and um, you know I'm an, I'm I'm a uh, I'm a Gen Xer so I grew up in the comic book era so I like com- graphic novels and comic books and things and um, yeah I. I I, uh, I like to make those things and come up with my own characters and stuff like that. So I've got my personal computer with my, you know, well, Blender now, you know, um, and, and Unreal and things like that. So, yeah, I've got stuff in the works, you know. Um, always always have something going on um, because I, I think it's important to have that. You know, you, you don't only sell, you don't necessarily have to only sell your creative 
effort to Framestore. Obviously, if you're, if or not just Framestore, but any company, any studio, you know, obviously do the best job of the do the best job that you can of the job that you have. Do you know what I mean? Make sure they're happy with you. Make sure that 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 you're asking them point blank. So, how are things going? Are you happy? Are everything good? But but yeah, have those side projects. You know, which um, you know within the. Read your contract. Make sure that you're good with your contract. But uh, in terms of IP and in terms of that kind of thing, but um, remember, remember the sleep. <laughs> remember the sleep, and um, and check out my Insta. What is it? Um, somebody click on like. Some please, someone please I like my work. Click on like so that way I can feel better about myself. No, I'm joking. It, not really. Um, Just going on YouTube. You could stick a hyperlink. Oh god. Oh god. We're not that advanced yet. Mm. Hyperlink. We'll, 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 we'll put it in the show notes. Mr. Technology here. Hyperlink. No. Um, Sergio Gon's art on Insta. So check me out. Sergio Gon's art. Love it. Well, I'm already a follower. Yes, big fan of your work. So yeah, and check out sure. Simon's uh, doodles as well. They're very oh, yeah. nice. Devs noodles, the cartoon dev noodle, devs noodles. Devs noodles. Devs noodles. Devs noodles. I'm down, down with the kids. Yes, there you go. <laughs> Get the Z in there. Um, amazing, um, Sergio. Anything else you want to plug or put out there or or share with our listeners before we close out the episode? Um, no, not at all. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I, I think it went well. I was nervous at first, but it was okay. Amazing. Well, thank you, Tom. Anything else you want to throw out? Tom, before we... No, I'm pretty happy. Brilliant. Well, thank you both for joining us on uh, this historic first episode of the Framestore podcast. Mm. Glad to be here. Have some salmon with... What is it? Salmon with... <laughs> salmon. Anyway. Okay, have some salmon. <laughs> have some salmon. There we go. <laughs> and we leave you with... Have, have some, some salmon. salmon. Right. Well, th- thank you both. That was great. Have a great day, everybody, wherever you're listening from. Bye-bye. Have some salmon. What a way to end any podcast. If you skip part one this week, that closing statement will make absolutely no sense. Anyway, that's it for this week. It just leaves me to thank Sergio for being a brilliant first guest and Tom for being this week's ace co-host. Join us next time for another great conversation with another guest and co-host from our global frame store community. See you then.